You may be seated. Praise God and thank you, praise team, for leading us in that uh, number, in those number of songs this morning of praise. And I'd invite you to take your Bibles this morning and turn to Second Thessalonians chapter three. Second Thessalonians chapter three, as we continue uh, to walk through this second letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, uh, a group of believers um, in many ways like us, in many ways different certainly as well, but lots of similarities. And we're going to see some of those again this morning in chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 5. And as we prepare to read that, I also want to say uh, welcome to Carol Howell, as Bill Thompson introduced her earlier. Uh, Carol has been a very special member of our family um, because uh, Sam w- was in uh, Forsyth County Schools um, growing up. And from, from grades 7 through 12, Carol was involved in his life in some way or another, whether a teacher, interpreter, um, all different, well, I shouldn't say interpreter, that's wrong. She's a signer. Um, she's not an interpreter, um, but from second grade on all the way through 12th, that's right, over 10 years. And um, so we just praise God for Carol and thankful that she's here this morning to help Sam and, and Fernanda in the worship service. And I want to mention to you, uh, we're working toward having uh, someone sign the services um, from this point on. And so as you're learning sign, um, so that you can communicate uh, more effectively with Fernanda. If you want to sit up in the area where they are to learn it from the um, interpreters that we'll have coming, uh, you feel free to do so. We'd love to have you uh, be a part of that um, as you also um, join in this ministry. If you have uh, friends who, uh, who uh, are deaf and who don't have a, a local church, invite them to come and, uh, and be a part of it. Again, Lord willing, we'll have somebody here each Sunday uh, doing this. And thank you, Carol, for getting us started. Uh, second, th- Yes, thank you. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not everyone has faith. But the Lord is faithful. And he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. Now verse 5. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Again, verse 5. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and and Christ's perseverance. Did you see a picture of God's love this morning? Is there a better picture of God's love than what we saw this morning? As we see Dan and and Rebecca, because they've been loved by God, demonstrated by the love they've had from their families, from their church families throughout their lives, but primarily because they've been loved directly by Almighty God himself through the ministry and work of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. They have received the love of God, and they want to express that love, and they're doing so in the adoption and raising of Betsy as their own. That's exactly what God has done for us. For all of us who have put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, for every one of us who have recognized our need for a Savior, as we prayed for Betsy to recognize, 
You know, it seems, it seems rough talking about sin, you know, with a little girl like that. But it's reality. The, the word of God is true, and we all know that. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Betsy's no different. As we pray that the Lord would direct her, just as the Apostle Paul was praying for the Thessalonians and for us, that he would direct us into the love of God, we pray that same thing for Betsy. That at the first moment that she recognizes her need for a Savior, that she'll remember to turn to Jesus because he's the Savior. He is the only Savior. He's the perfect person. He's the one who lived life perfectly without sin because he's the Son of God. He's the one who died on the cross, not for sins he had committed, but for our sins, so that all of us who believe would have our sins forgiven. And then through his resurrection from the dead, which he did on the third day, that we also would receive the gift of eternal life through him. That's the promise to everybody who believes. And so what Dan and and Rebecca are doing with Betsy is a picture of what God has done with us. You remember what the Apostle John said in John 1.12 when he was discussing the fact that most of the people of the world around Jesus, when he was living in this world, most of them didn't believe in him. Even his own people, the Jewish people, they didn't believe in him. John said, he came into his own, but his own did not receive him. But to those who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Betsy is a child of Dan and Rebecca. We, by faith in Jesus Christ, are the children of God. And he loves us with all that he is. And is working in our lives with all of the resources at his disposal, which are all the resources, which is why, as he says, as, as Paul makes this statement at the end of, chapter, at the end of verse 5, may the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Christ's perseverance. Are you perseverers? I hope so. Because that's what we're doing. Jesus did it. And because he did it, he also enables all of us who are also part of his family by his love, he then encourages us, exhorts us, commands us to have the perseverance of Christ. Think about the perseverance of Christ. Look with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Just a couple letters toward the back of your Bible from from 2 Thessalonians. Hebrews chapter 12. Look what the writer to the Hebrew Christians had to say about the perseverance of Christ. It's an amazing picture that he paints for us. Hebrews chapter 12 Verse 1. And when he starts this chapter, he's referring back to chapter 11, where he, where he speaks of many um, men and women of faith in the Old Testament. Lots of the, the heroes of our faith from the Old Testament. 
stories. Well, chapter 12 refers to them when he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, those who have gone on before us, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Here's verse 2. This is what I want us to focus on for this moment. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter or finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want to reread that verse, verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The perseverance of Christ. What did he do? How did he demonstrate perseverance? Think about his life. Think about the beginning of his life. Remember where he was born? Anybody here born in a great place like that? No, most of us, you know, I know some of us are old enough that we might have been born in a house, but most of us were born in a hospital. Very sanitary very clean, great staff, all kinds of doctors and nurses running around ready to take care of us, whatever the case might be. Not Jesus. He started out in a stable. None of those words that I just used to describe the hospital that you were born in, none of those applied to the stable that Jesus was born in. This was a rough start. And it didn't get a lot better. In fact, there was a time when Jesus, describing his lifestyle, said, foxes have holes, birds have their nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. That's another way of saying, I'm homeless. That was Jesus. Living life. Remember why he came here. Remember what this was all about. Because of our need for a Savior. Because we needed somebody to come and live a perfect life in this world so that he could give his life as a substitute for ours. Because the the Bible says, and and it's clear throughout the scripture, that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. If you sin, you have to die. Jesus came into this world to live a perfect life so that when he died, he could take upon himself our sins so that we wouldn't have to die eternally. That's what he did. He came to live that hard life, starting in that stable, then living with with his family as he was growing up, but also then living in in an itinerant manner, moving around, staying at people's houses, living out under the stars, all those kind of places. And finally, the picture of perseverance culminates in his arrest, his trial, and his crucifixion. 
You know that story. You know it took place. You remember when he was praying in the garden before he was arrested? As he was anticipating what was about to happen to him, as he was anticipating the cross, as he was anticipating the pain that he was going to be feeling in just a few hours? You remember his, his heartfelt prayer as, as, his, as he was sweating blood drops? He said, Father, if there is another way, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, your will be done. And then they came and arrested him. And the arrest was awful. The Son of God, the, the creator of these very soldiers who, arrest, who were arresting him, taken into custody, mistreated, mocked, spit on, his beard pulled out, a thorn of crowns crammed onto his head, a scourging, a flogging, laying his back wide open, and then told to carry his cross to the place of the skull. Carrying that cross down the streets of Jerusalem, now known as the Via Dolorosa, the way of suffering, as he carried that cross, and the people of the town who just Days before, some of them were those very same people who welcomed him into the city, saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Some of those very same people and many others calling him names, throwing stuff at him, cursing him. And they arrived at that place outside the city, the place of the skull, Golgotha, and they laid him out and nailed him to the cross. He kept on going. This is the Jesus that we're supposed to fix our eyes on. This is the same exact thing that what Paul was talking about when he said, may the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Think about him. Think about what he did for you. When times are tough, because remember the Thessalonians were having tough times. They were facing severe persecution for their faith in Christ. They were losing their jobs. They were were being denied service at at the stores and the marketplace. All different kinds of things were happening to them. Some of them were being killed for their faith in Christ. These were tough days to be Christians. And Paul says, may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and the perseverance of Christ. Fix your eyes on Jesus as the writer of the Hebrew says, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. The cross was a shameful thing. It's an instrument of execution. And he was stripped. Laid out bare. Humiliated. It was a shameful thing. He scorned that shame. He endured that shame and the pain of that cross. He kept on going. And he had the ability, unlike us, in most of the difficulties that we face, we couldn't just snap our finger or have a thought and everything would change. He could have done that. He proved that in John chapter 19 as he was being arrested. 
You might remember the story after, after you praying in the garden and the soldiers came and they were looking and he, and he stepped up and said, who are y'all looking? I don't know if he said y'all, but he, he said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Do you remember what he said in response to that? I am he. That's a great statement. I am he. Sounds a lot like the burning bush. You can look at that later. I am he. And you know what happened when he said that? When he identified himself as almighty God, the soldiers, these strong, fit, trained men, all of them, boom, on their backs. That's just an indicator. That's, that's, that it does a lot, but it certainly lets us know that all the way through here, he could have been zapping people. He could have done that. But he persevered. He kept on going. He endured the cross, the carrying of the cross, all the punishment and all the pain that he endured before it. He endured the cross. He endured the, the, the nailing of those spikes into his wrists and feet. He endured that. Could have, like I said, could have easily just flicked him away. But he didn't. He endured it. He kept on going. Paul says, May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love, which we're seeing in this perseverance, and the perseverance of Christ. I don't know what you're going through. We know a little bit about what the Thessalonians were going through. I know a little bit about what you're going through, some of you. You know a little bit of some stuff I'm going through, some of you. We're all going through something. And as Sherry's brother mentioned, some of you were at at her dad's funeral not long ago. As her brother mentioned, we're all either going through something really tough, or we just got through going through something really tough, or we're about ready to go through something really tough. And sometimes all three of them are hitting at once. You know what we're supposed to do? Fix our eyes on Jesus. We're supposed to remember our Savior. The Savior that we're praying for Betsy to come to know personally at the first moment she realizes her need for a Savior because of her sinfulness. We're praying that we will also, as believers in Jesus Christ, be able to fix our eyes on him when the going gets tough. Because the going does get tough. In our Bible study this morning, um, before, the, before the service at 9.30, and let me encourage you, if you're not a part of one of those classes, please get involved in that because it's so helpful for us to have that fellowship and that instruction in God's word. But this morning we were looking at Jesus' statement about the wise man who took the words that he said and put them into practice. He said, that man is like a man who built his house with a firm foundation. When the torrential downpour came or the floods rose up against it, that house stood firm. The torrents come. The floods do rise up. The wind does beat against our our houses, against our lives. And we look at Jesus and we say, what did he do? What did he do? For the joy set before him, 
he endured the cross, scorning at shame, as, as awful as it was, and it's just disgusting to think about what they did to him. The maker, the creator, the savior, they did that to him. He scorned that shame. He put up with it. Took it upon himself. So that we could have life. When the going gets tough, and it does, may God direct our hearts into the perseverance of Christ. Whenever we think of the perseverance of Christ, we think of the cross. And we think not only of the suffering that he endured, but we also think of the gift that he bought for us by doing so. Because see, his suffering was with a purpose. Ours is too. We'll get into that in the weeks to come. But Jesus suffered for a purpose. He suffered for a reason. And part of that reason is sitting right here this morning and right there this morning in our, on, online. Part of the reason is displayed right now because he did that for us. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then you can say, as we sang earlier this, this, in the service, we can say hallelujah. God is good. He met my need. He met our need for a Savior in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who persevered, who endured, who scorned that cross, that shame, so that we could have life. Not a life without pain, not a life without challenges, not a life without suffering, not a life without torrential downpours, but he did that so that we could have a life that would bring honor and glory to his name and that would have eternity in its view. Because our life isn't just this life of suffering. Our life is also that life in his presence for his glory forever. And that's the promise for all of us who believe. Let's bow together for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for loving us so much. There's no separation between your love and the perseverance of Jesus. Because his perseverance is the greatest picture that's ever been painted of love. Even as Dan and Rebecca have painted us a beautiful picture this morning of their love for Betsy as a picture of your love for us. Father, the love of Jesus is even higher, is even greater. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for persevering, for enduring, for scorning that shame. We are so thankful, so grateful. And Father, there are some here this morning who are still coming to grips with, still grappling with this whole idea. And we pray that you would help them understand that Jesus is the only one who can forgive them of their sins. And that he will do so immediately as soon as they put their trust in him.
as soon as they believe that he is who he said he is and he did what your word says he did. Give them the courage and faith to believe that today, to believe in him so that they also can become your children. Father, for those of us that are going through the the storm right now, help us to fix our eyes on Jesus. Help us to have the strength and the courage to take the next step, to do the next thing that we need to do because Jesus did it, because he showed us how to do it. And now, by faith in him and by the power of your Holy Spirit, he enables us to follow in his steps. Help us to do that for your glory today. We pray for relief. We pray for deliverance. We pray for healing. And above all, as Jesus taught us, we pray that your will would be done in our lives that we would live, even if it means suffering, that we would live for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.